0: Hey, welcome home everybody. You're watching Legacy Television. I'm Jeremy Pearson. So glad you tuned into the broadcast today. Get your Bible if you can. Uh, Get ready to get into the Word with us. We believe that the Word of God has the power to change your life. The Word of God can do today what only the Word of God can do for you. And if you will believe that, we'll take the next 20 plus minutes just to get into the Word. Find out what God wants to say to you and let it change your life. Father, we love you and are so thankful for your word today. We come boldly before you with eyes open, ears open, hearts open. We're ready to see Jesus in this today. We're ready to hear his voice and understand who we are in him, who he is in us. And I ask you, Lord, for the anointing to rest heavy on these words today, not only the anointing to minister what your word says, but the anointing to hear and to receive for all of our friends and family that are watching all over the world today. Lord, we bless them in Jesus name. And we thank you for bringing us together around your word. We give you praise for every good thing you're doing in our life and every good thing that's yet to come. We thank you for it in Jesus name. Amen. If you've got a Bible, I want you to go back with me to the book of Psalms, chapter 63. If you don't have a Bible with you, we're gonna put these verses on the screen. You can follow along with us. But a couple of weeks ago, we began a study and what it looks like to passionately pursue God, what it looks like to be in passionate pursuit of Him. And really, all of this is coming after our last study uh, for several weeks that we called Alive in the Vine, that whole series about being uh, intimate that just coming into that place of intimacy with God where nothing, you don't allow anything to separate you from him. You don't allow anything to pull you out of his presence or distract you or to pull you away from what you believe about him. Realizing that it's in that place of abiding, that's where you bear fruit. That's where God shows himself, himself so strong to you and through you. And so really the reason we're, we're beginning this study now, we're connecting it back to that, what it looks like to be in passionate pursuit of him, because the whole establishing statement here is this, that your faith is only as strong as your relationship with God. Because all of, all faith really is, is belief in him, belief in his goodness, believing how much he loves you, believing that he is love. Your faith will work when you know how much you're loved. Faith works by love. Apart from love, it doesn't work. Faith apart from love is just a cold, mechanical process, adherence to techniques and rules, and it's lifeless. It doesn't produce anything but you when you put your faith in a God that you know loves you you know is in passionate pursuit of you and you in response and in return begin to passionately pursue him and his heart that's when your faith works and this is what I tell people all the time if you feel like your faith is weak and it's not producing anything not producing the desired results then you need to go back into your time of prayer with him, go back into the word and find everything you can that tells you how much he loves you and just watch your faith begin to rise. But in response to this, this is what we've been doing in the book of Psalms, chapter 63, we are looking at what it it looks like to be in love with God, what it looks like to be in, like we said, in passionate pursuit of him. And I wanna continue our study in this today. Back up again to verse 1. We, we looked at this a couple of weeks ago. David said, God, you are my God. And I want to say it again. There's a big difference between knowing there's a God and claiming him as your own. I'm going to challenge you. If you're a believer, I'm going to challenge you right now. Don't you let anybody talk you into privatizing your relationship with God. Don't you let anybody pressure you in to keeping all of that to yourself. If you are in pursuit of him, people around you are going to see it. They're going to know it. And there will be no shame in you knowing him. No shame in you claiming him. Now I don't mean you have to be obnoxious about it. I don't mean you have to be throwing it in people's face all the time and rubbing the Bible in people's face and telling them they're going to hell. That, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about just being bold in knowing God being bold in your relationship with him. Somebody says, are you a Christian? Or somebody says, you believe there's a God? And you say, not only do I believe there's a God, I believe he's a God of love. I believe he loves me and I love him. I know him. Be bold about it. Be bold in your relationship with God. David claims God is at his own God. You are my God. And he said this next. He said, early will I seek you. And that's where we left off last week. You can tell we haven't really gotten very far. We're like almost halfway through verse one. David said, early will I seek you. Other translations say, earnestly, diligently. The word we put around it last week was seriously. Seriously, David? Yeah, seriously. I am in serious search of God. I I seriously seek you. The reason I use that word seriously is because I want you to see the difference between somebody who's earnestly seeking God like that and somebody who's just playing games with him. And people are so famous for playing games with each other in relationships. She got a guy who's playing games with this girl, a girl who's playing games with this guy, and maybe one of them serious and the other's not, just stringing them along in the relationship. And I hope, I hope you're not in a relationship like that right now. I hope nobody's doing you that way, and I seriously hope you're not doing somebody else's heart that way because God's not into it. There's a word, like we said last week, that people use to describe relationships now, and it's the word casual. Are you seeing this guy? Yeah, but it's just casual. It's just casual. But I'm going to tell you something. God is not into casual relationships. And he's certainly not into you being casual with him. That word ought not describe your relationship with God on again, off again. And I'm encouraging you today, stop playing games with God. Somebody says, hey, I heard you're in a relationship with God. And you say, yeah, you know, it's casual. No more. No more games with God. No more telling him how much you love him on Sunday and then disappearing for a week. Where you been? Where'd you go? God's saying, I tried to call. No more games with God. Let's get serious about our search of, uh, serious about us seeking him seriously, searching him out because he's not, he's a treasure, but not one hidden from you. He's a treasure hidden for you. He's not trying to keep himself from you. He's hidden. Yes, but not from you. He's hidden for you to find for you to seek him out. He is a reward and He's the rewarder of those who diligently seek him. He's both the rewarder and the reward. Mm, That's good. I don't know if I've ever said it quite like that before. God is both the rewarder and the reward. He will reward you with himself if you diligently seek him. But you know, this word early that David used here, early will I seek you, it's not just a reference to, the, the kind of search, this diligent search, this earnest search. It's it's also a, a literal reference, early. It could be a reference to the time of day. Why would that be significant? Early in the morning, I'm seeking you. You know, what you do first reveals what's priority to you. What you do first, what you do before you do anything else, reveals what's most important to you. And I know a lot of people are probably in the habit where they wake up in the morning, the alarm goes off and they reach over and they grab that phone. And I think there's probably a lot of people, the first thing they do, even before those eyes are really open, good, they turn it on, they start maybe checking social media, start checking the news, start checking their feed. What what happened? What did I miss while I was asleep? And you know, the Lord really had to deal with me on that some, some months ago, several years ago now, actually. And, and I've gotten to the place now when that alarm goes off, I reach over and I grab that phone. And the first thing I open is that Bible on my phone. And the first thing I set my eyes on that day is the word of God. A lot of times I'll, I'll read the chapter that our church is reading together. We're on a reading plan. And I set, we're literally on the same page with each other. And I just look at those words and I get those words in my spirit next thing I do sometimes is go to whatever proverb of the day there is. And I I look at that and I set my eyes on it. I endeavor every day to set my eyes on red words. I want to hear something that Jesus said, and I want it to be revelation to me. I can be honest with you, you know, a lot of times when I'm doing that, I'm barely awake yet. I mean, I'm still like one eye closed and still just getting there, but what am I doing? I'm revealing both to God and to myself what's priority to me. What's most important to me? God, you far outweigh my Twitter feed. You far outweigh anything that Instagram has to offer. God, your words are way more important than what... Some guy I graduated with 18 years ago posted on Facebook last night, your words are more important. You need to come to the place where you say to Jesus the same thing Peter said to him, your words are life. You have the words of life. Jesus said, the words that I say to you, they are spirit and they are life. How do you reveal priority? How do you communicate with God that you are in passionate pursuit of him? How do you show him that he's a priority? How do you show yourself what is most important to you? It's by what you do first. That's why David said here early, early will I seek you. You know, I have found that there's something about those moments in the early morning, those moments before the kids get up, those moments before the day gets rolling because it doesn't take long around my house, man. It gets noisy in a hurry. (laughs) And you got, you got one of the kids justice, man. He pops, he does pretty good. He pops right up and he gets going. Jesse, our little girl, on the other hand, you, man, you got to crank that one up. You've got to wind that one up. And if she's sleepy, she will let you know about it. And the noise starts early at our house. And if school's going, then it's, it's a mad dash out the door every day just to make it on time. And so the noise gets cranked up right away and you drop the kids off at school, you go maybe right into work or whatever it else is that you're doing and you got people talking to you. You got the news talking to you. You got employees and employers and coworkers all talking to you. And sometimes the noise does not go away until your head hits the pillow. That's why these early morning hours, these early morning moments are some of the most precious. You can hear better. I know that sounds simple, but it's true. You can hear better. It's easier to hear when all the noise of everything else is turned down. Now that doesn't mean that he won't speak to you even when everything else is trying to. Proverbs tells us that wisdom is crying aloud at the intersections of the city, at the entrance to the gates of the city in the marketplace. Wisdom is there crying aloud. That says to me, wisdom is available to you even while all the noise is turned up. But there's still just something special about the stillness of the early morning. Early, David said, I will seek you. I'm going to seek you when everybody else is still sleeping. I'm going to seek you before the day gets going, before the noise gets turned up. I'm listening to you. Let me encourage you right now. Find that that quiet time, early, and if if early's hard for you, then press through, press through. Show the Lord He's worth it. Tell the Lord He's worth it to you. And remember, we're bringing all of this back into. <laughs> I hate to use these words, but it's it's a romantic relationship. It's an intimate relationship. Your faith is only as strong as your relationship with the Lord. And the same picture that we have between a husband and a wife, the love back and forth, scripture tells us that's Christ in the church. So there's a lot that we can learn from these kinds of relationships about our relationship with the Lord. Husbands, you need to know that there's got to be times in in your relationship with your wife that you show her. You don't just say it, you show her. She's worth it to you. She's worth coming home early. She's worth getting up early for. She's worth staying up late for. She's worth some money that you didn't budget this month for. She's worth it. She's worth flowers on a Tuesday for no good reason. She's worth it. And it's one thing to say, I love you. It's another thing to show it. God didn't just yell out loud from heaven. Hey, I love y'all. No, he so loved you that he gave you Jesus. He proved it. Love without proof of love, saying it without showing it, really isn't love. It's not the full expression of it. There's gotta be a, there's, it's got to be spoken, but there must come a demonstration of it. What's he worth to you? What is the wisdom of God in your day worth to you? Would you say it's worth maybe giving up 30 minutes of sleep? Maybe 15, even 20, somewhere in there? Is it worth an extra hour? Is it worth turning off the television a little earlier at night so that the last thing you set your eyes on is something from the living word of God? Is he worth that to you? He is. Well, show it to him. Show it to him. Just say, Lord, you're worth it to me. I'm going to seek you like David did early. And and I, I'm going to tell you, I've done this more in the last probably six to 12 months of my life than I ever have before. And here I am, I'm what, maybe close to 15 years in ministry, something like that now. And still the Lord's calling me in to a deeper place with him. And I'm popping up a little earlier these days, a little earlier, a little earlier. I mean, I didn't I didn't, realized that, you know, there were two 5.30s in the day, (laughs) you know, and then sometimes that 5.30 in the morning, it gets there early. Sometimes it's 5.30, 5.45, whatever it is, but it's just a little earlier. Now, is it getting up earlier? Does that make me some deeply spiritual person? All I'm endeavoring to do is reveal to the Lord, you're a priority to me. You're a priority to me, and I need to be able to take account of my own life, when I come back to what we call the David gauge here, when we compare our passion to his, compare our passion to what's written in the word, Father, am I seeking you early? Am I seeking you? Am I listening to you before all the noise gets turned up? But when you see this word early, I don't want you just to limit it to a time of day. You know, really the word early, I want you to compare it to its opposite, you've got early and you've got late. In other words, it's better to seek God before the problem shows up. Amen. Do you see what I'm saying there? A lot of people seek God, but they seek him in response to the pressure being on them, in response to the problem being present. How much better would it be to seek him early? How much better would it be to have already sought him out, to already have the answer before the problem ever even showed up. That's early. I hope you're following me on this. I think this is revelation to a lot of people. Seek him before the problem ever shows up. Seek him before the pressure's ever on. And if you do, you'll know what to do when it shows up. You'll know what to do when you step up to the crossroad. Like we said a moment ago, wisdom cries aloud at the intersections. You can see that in the book of Proverbs. Wisdom cries aloud at the intersection. What's an intersection? An intersection is a place where you have a choice to make. Do I continue on the path I'm on or do I make a turn? And that's where wisdom is posted. Isn't that interesting that wisdom is standing right there But how wonderful would it be to have sought the Lord all along the way so that when you get to that intersection, you can clearly hear the voice of wisdom. You're you're already so familiar with his voice. You already know what he sounds like speaking to you through his word, speaking to you by his spirit, that when you step up to that intersection, you know right away, this is the direction I'm supposed to take. Am I supposed to turn? Am I supposed to continue on? see, you're already so familiar with the voice of God that it's nothing now. You just listen. And when he says, I want you to make a change here. I want you to make a turn here. It's the easiest thing in the world to you. While everybody is freaking out, everybody else is panicking. What do I do? Where do I go? I don't know what to do. I'm so confused. Not you. Not you. Why? Because you sought him early, way before the pressure ever showed up way before the problem ever got here, you were seeking him and seeking him early. Early means first. It means before. It means prior to. I want you and I to learn to seek him first. What did Jesus say about seeking first? Go there with me. We've got just a few minutes left. Go to Matthew chapter six. I know you've heard it, but you need to see it again you've got your Bible, turned there. If you don't look on the screen, we're going to put it up there for you to see it. You need to see it with your own eyes. Matthew chapter six. Like we said, we're looking at red words at least once a day. Look at red words. You need to know the words of Jesus. What did he say in verse 33? Seek first. Seek first. Isn't that what David said? Early. I seek you before anything else. Seek first. Only one thing can be first. Two things cannot be first. One's first and the other second. Two things cannot share first place. Only one thing can be first. And you get to make the decision. Am I putting God first? Am I putting me first? Am I putting him first? Am I putting work first? Am I putting him first? Or am I putting money first? Am I putting God first? Or am I putting anything else? Because he will not share that place with anyone. It's either him or something else. But Jesus said, when you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, all these things will be added to you. See, most of the rest of the world is seeking the things. All they know to do is seek the stuff. And, you know, all anybody really has to do is hang around you for a little bit and listen to what's coming out of your mouth. And it'll be a revelation to all of us what you are seeking. As a matter of fact, David goes on in this Psalm. If you were to skip down to verse three, he says, because your loving kindness is better than life, my lips, my lips will praise you. What does he mean there? This is what's coming out of my mouth. Why? Because your loving kindness, he said, is better than life itself. Because of that, my lips will praise you. I will bless you while I live. People talk about what they love the most. All you got to do is get around somebody and listen to them for a little while. And you start to hear the same thing coming out of their mouth over and over and over and over again. It's a revelation of what they're seeking. You ever been around somebody that just talks money all the time? Money problems, money pressure, don't have enough, what this costs, how much we can't afford this, how much this is. You hear them talk about that all the time. It's a revelation. They're seeking stuff. They're seeking the money. But Jesus said, if you'll seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, all the stuff will be added to you. So I want you to take stock. Use this as a gauge. What's coming out of my mouth? Because whatever's coming out of your mouth is a revelation of what you're seeking. What What you think about, you talk about. And what you talk about is a revelation to everybody else what you are seeking. But if you'll take all the stuff, the money, the, the the resource, everything you think you need first and you just shove it all into second place and you put him first and his word first and you put being in his presence first and being around the family of God first. You seek him first and all the stuff will be added to you. Let me encourage you today. Seek him early. Start right now seeking him. Maybe you're not in the middle of the greatest trial of your life. Praise God, seek him now. Let me tell you something. Pressure's coming. You can't stop it from coming. Trouble comes. But the difference between us and the world is if we'll seek God, we'll know what to do when it shows up. Seek him early, not later. Seek him first, not last.